Welcome to the Beat from the True Wellness Center. I'm your host, Kelly Kennedy. And the Beats is truly from my heart to yours to help you empower and inspire you to learn how the body actually does work. I am bringing you my friends, my colleagues, the most incredible minds from around the world that I have been able to learn from. And I want to share them all with you. So that's what the Beats is really about, is teaching people what I've been able to learn about how the body works and trying to give that to you in a very simple and practical way to give you things to change your life because you got this. This is all about you and having the ability to heal your own body from within. And that's really my message is from my heart to yours. Welcome to the beats. Welcome to learning how your body works and welcome to opening your heart. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your time and your attention as we focus in on this week's episode of The Beats. I set the attention today and the focus and gratitude. I appreciate Robert so much reaching out to us and sharing his gifts, his enlightenment, his wisdom with this community, wanting to be a part of this. I so bring him into the circle for the Fascia Chronic Pain Summit and really set the attention that we stay in the flow state today, that all the words verbally and non-verbally that come through us are exactly what everybody needs to hear that in this audience and helping them share this out with the world, making fascia a frontline conversation over the year of 2024. That is our attention, that Robert's work is highlighted to get people to understand all the multi-complexities and, and yet the simplicity of working with the fascia and that we get to know each other today and allow our community to get to know us as we stay truly heart-centered and with a focused attention, knowing that the innate intelligence is the only thing that heals. And we remain very humbled and present to the fact that we simply facilitate this innate intelligence and that our job is to lead others to their own innate wisdom and their own best position inside their body and that they have this, they got this, and that we simply are able to facilitate that. We remain in gratitude because this is a lot of fun and FOSH is a lot of fun. And we are so excited that this information is gonna help relieve so much pain and agony for people and allow them to live the love and the joy of what we are meant to live in this life. And so it is. Welcome to The Beats with Kelly Kennedy. And I am so honored today to have Robert Libby, as you just heard in that intention, um, join us. Robert has reached out to us because he knows so many of us on the Chronic Pain and Rescue Summit. Um, like Gil Headley, who's one of my new bestest friends. I love Gil Headley. Oh my God, he's amazing. Um, and wanted to contribute to what this community was here to understand. And Robert's written books. He's a authority about this in Canada. And one of the things I wanted to talk to him about as much of his wisdom is um, the amount of education that it takes and the difference. And there are great, beautiful practitioners all around the world but I just want everybody to understand education, how it's different and how we formatted, how we all format ourselves as practitioners as we lean in to get more and more education to develop into this person that we are today. So without further ado, Robert, thank you for joining us from Canada and educating us about the fascia. Thank you for joining us. 
thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate uh, the time uh, that you guys are taking out of your lives to be here to listen to the podcast, watch the videos. Um, yeah, I, I reached out because uh, I saw a need and I wanted to contribute. And this is this is what we do. We serve we serve people that are in dysfunction and discomfort. And um, I had to be a part of it. That's that's and as I said to Robert before we started this, like that's amazing about what we do about this work. Like when you're truly heart centered and open and what you can attract and when your mission is clear as Siobhan's and, I, and mine was for this Fascia Summit was we want to give people the keys to unlock how they're stuck. And what I know in the 20 years that I've been doing this work is that if you aren't looking at the fascia, then you're going to stay stuck because you got to unstick that, so to speak. And I've just been so gifted and in such immense gratitude since we started this project for what has been unwinding in my life, pun intended, and what has been blooming in my life and what has been expanding in my life because that's what opening our fascia does. It allows us to expand. So tell us about your work. You are an RMT, which in Canada is a registered massage therapist, which can you talk about the difference a little bit, how many hours that takes and then go from there? Not that you need the credibility. I just found it super freaking interesting versus what it is in the States. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, in Canada, we have uh, a number of provinces that are regulated provinces. Uh, we have registered massage therapists that uh, we practice in these provinces. Uh, on average, the educational requirements to become a registered massage therapist in Canada is 2,400 to 3,000 hours. Uh, we are uh, covered under the Regulated Health Professions Act of Canada. So we are regulated health professionals. Uh, we receive a ton of referrals from medical doctors for everything from uh, post-surgery to motor vehicle accidents, to sports injuries, uh, to autoimmune disorders, to just, you know, general stress and tension. Um, I treat a number of, uh, my practice is pretty varied, much like everybody else's is. Uh, I've treated, you know, children infants, uh, elite level Olympic athletes, um, grandmas wanting to pick up their kids, full contact gardeners, full contact knitters. Um, full contact <laughs> gardeners? And full contact full I'm not contact sure what gardeners. that is. What's a full contact gardener? You know, I, I've got these ladies that, um, you know, it's going to be nice on Saturday, but it's going to rain on Sunday. So we got to go out from eight o'clock in the morning until eight o'clock in the evening. Oh. And we got to we got to plant all the flowers and we got to do all the bending and the twisting and the lifting and the things. Okay. And it's just right. And I got to tell you, those those ladies, those full contact gardeners, they they come in in worse sort of feelings than my my ultimate fighting championship fighters do right so so yeah i call it full contact gardening because because it's it uh they 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 beat themselves up with these things so um so yeah that's uh that's basically it in uh for massage therapy in canada uh 24 to 3000 hours um 2400 to 3000 hours regulated health professionals so there's three things that came up for me in that. One is I just want everybody to know in um, the states, depending upon your state, it's different. It can be anywhere from 300 to 1,000 hours. Yep. Most, I'd say it's between six and 800 hours. 
and I would say the average is 600 hours. Yeah. I don't have any issues with that. I think massage therapists are very well trained at 600 hours. But what I found starkly different when Lenny said it was when I was in the car accident 25 years ago, no, 28 years ago, holy cow, I'm old, uh, <laughs> older, I'm older, I'm older, uh, 28 years ago, oh, I've never said that before, uh, when I was in the car accident, the, for three years, I looked for different answers and it was a friend of mine, I was at Cornell, it was like, oh, you should go to see a massage therapist and I blew him off, I was like, massage therapist, how's that gonna help me? The orthopedic specialist, the the, the uh, pain specialist, the neurologist, the support group I'm going to, nobody talked about massage therapy. And when I finally went to see Donna, um, she was taught, she taught massage at the Finger Lake School of Massage in Ithaca, New York. She was amazing. Um, it was the first sign of relief I had had in three years. And I lived and eat and breathed by those, uh, those weekly massages because it took mm -hmm. a little, a little bit of the pain away and it was a little relief for a shortened amount of time. And I was in a motor vehicle accident, which is how I was in the car accident. So my lawyer was trying to get my massages paid for yeah. and it was impossible. And when you said that, when we first spoke, I was like, isn't that interesting? What a stark contrast that you are getting referrals from the doctors and I couldn't get my insurance company to pay for the one thing that helped me. And, it, and honestly, I'm happy about it because it, it sparked something in me. <laughs> it started the fire that now we call Kelly Kennedy of going, wait a second. My father had Hodgkin's disease, cancer seven times. You'll pay for all those treatments. You'll pay for all the chemo radiation. He's dead now at 55. I'm 23 years old. I finally found something that helps me and you're not willing to pay for it. And it's not the neurologist, the pain specialist, the, the orthopedic specialist or all the other support groups I was going to. It was for something that physical touch and then same with the herbs, Chinese herbs a year after that, when I was finally introduced to that and that started to take the throb away. And then two years, a year after that, when I was introduced to Ian Kennedy, who does all this emotional release technique that further helped me relieve my pain. None of that was paid by insurance. Yet that's what helped me. And so I'm not saying socialized medicine is the answer either. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's something wrong and there, this is a broken model and please wake up and realize that there, this change is glaring at you. It's glaring at all of us and there is real help out there for you if you are in chronic pain and your first line should be your body worker that ha understands and has continued their education to understand how much they are affecting the physiology as well as the energetics of the body and what they're able to allow the body to let go of, to allow the body to heal. Yep. You know, in um, Canada, you know, the system, the system's got its own challenges, just like uh, every other country in the world. Uh, it's not a perfect system. Uh, the nice thing uh, currently in British Columbia, where, where I'm at in Vancouver, is we have the uh, Insurance Corporation of British Columbia they automatically cover uh, the first 12 treatments for um, post-motor vehicle accident injuries. And then uh, with medical referrals, uh, they will continue care as long as we're uh, attempting to regain function in the patient's life. So it's just, it's automatic care, which is just absolutely awesome. Um, I have a patient I have treated for the last 28 years. 
and I saw her yesterday for the first time in a month and uh, she had a motor vehicle accident and she fractured her sternum on the steering wheel. And you know, this is what we treat. This is, this is what I teach. So, Uh, and you, and you, you hit it right off the bat when you were talking about, um, you know, the, the blending of, or the, the combination of, uh, manual therapy, physical contact, uh, the one thing that massage therapists have an amazing ability for, um, or the, we have an amazing opportunity with our patients because typically we see our patients for half an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. That's a lot of time that we have. Um, now we're not counselors, we're not psychiatrists, we're not psychologists, but we can communicate with uh, positive terminology with um, narratives or stories about the body that um, build the patient up. We can, um, we can influence thoughts, beliefs, and expectations of the patients. Uh, for example, I've got patients that have seen uh, other practitioners and those practitioners, they make their patients feel broken. You need to be fixed. You're a car, your wheel alignment is, is out. You've got a flat tire or something. And that's not how we communicate in our office. Um, you know, for example, the term scar, a lot of patients have uh, a lot of negative thoughts, beliefs, and expectations and narratives around the term scar. Uh, I treat a lot of female patients that have had a number of different surgeries, uh, cancer surgeries, abdominal surgeries, C-sections, mastectomies, various kinds. And I, and I sort of reframe the term scar and I, ref- I reframe the what scar stands for and to me scar stands for strong capable adaptable and resilience oh, strong capable adaptable resistance R- resilient resilient okay so when That's- you frame it when you frame it that way and you 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 have the narrative that you know you want scars you want adhesions they're amazing things they hold things together they stop all the little bits from falling out. Oh, what a good reframe. What a great reframe. Right. So, so just again, you know, like I'm not a counselor, I'm not a psychiatrist. It's, it's not, it's, I'm staying in my lane as my regulated health profession dictates, Yeah. but the conversations and the terminology are a lot more positive. Well, and, and that was the second thing I wanted to unpack from what you said was that my massage therapists, that first woman, Donna helped me more than anybody did until I met I and my emotional guru, who's not my husband, by the way. Um, But what was impressive to me about what you said originally was, I am sure that you've seen a much different variety of cases than the typical massage therapist see in the States, because you are seen as a true allied health professional that is dealing with such depths of, and breadth, you know, the, the, the type of cases you see is very different because you're being referred by all these other allied medical professionals where in the United States, unfortunately massage, unless it's a medical massage and you've been in an MVA and they give you a certain amount to do now different than in 92 when I was in the accident. Um, but it's very different. I would say most people look at as massage as like, Oh, that's what I get when I'm at the spa. And, and that's like, Oh, a girl's weekend. I want to go treat myself. Whereas Ian and I have paid for my mother to get a massage once a month for like, I don't even know, 10 years because I firmly believe, I mean, she's dealing with grief. How is she going to heal unless she's touched? And I don't live close and my brothers don't live close. And 
I know that if you are not in contact with another human being and you don't physically get touched from them, that physiological upgrade you get is deficient and you're going to not thrive. And so we wanted her that to have that more than anything. And I look at it as completely therapeutic. It's a necessity. I feel like massage is a necessity for people, not a, a luxury. Yeah. You know, patients, I think, I think patients on, on, in both countries and, and globally um, have really started advocating for themselves and uh, they recognize that there is sort of a, a deficiency in healthcare globally and that they really do need to search out for the, the solution that works for them. Uh, with some people, it's, it's uh, physiotherapy, some people it's active rehabilitation, uh, a lot of people, it's massage therapy, uh, it's touch therapy. They they, uh, they they just find a benefit to it, and that can be for for patients with all different times of uh, injuries or pathologies. Um, you know, there might be some things. There's some old myths and trends in medicine that uh, that we still deal with uh, up here. Where, uh, for example, my patient with the uh, sternum fracture, the physician said, "Oh, well, you know, don't do anything for the first two weeks." you know, don't have your massage therapist touch it or anything. Meanwhile, we have current evidence-informed research that shows that, you know, you want you want to actually work with that condition when it's in the acute phase. We actually, as manual therapists, have the most impact in acute conditions. Once it's chronic, it's just, it's so hard to work with, um, but we can influence it so much easier in acute that can just have far better outcomes long-term. So, um, I think we're both dealing with that on both sides of the of the fence. Yeah, I would agree. And globally, I just want people to understand how it's looked at differently because I think that we all get into our own perspectives and our own microcosms. We think it's just one way and it's this way and it's all the way this way. And I travel the world. I'm fortunate to travel the world and meet practitioners from all over the world. And it's very interesting how different, like in Europe, Fascia is the first thing they look at, by the way. I mean, fascia is taught in all the medical schools. It's in all the books. All the experts are in Europe. And I've known about fascia for 20 years. I'm sure. How long have you been doing this, Robert? 28. 28 years. Yep. God bless your soul and all the people that you've helped and continue to help. And, I mean, fascia was just, it was like lymph. I didn't think this wasn't something people didn't know about until... And even in terrain medicine, I just spoke last weekend at the BRMI event, and I was so pleased that we had like 70 doctors there. But no, I, I take that back. We had 70 professionals there. We had medical doctors. We had chiropractors. We had licensed acupuncturists. We had light workers. We had clairvoyants. We had nutritional consultants that do nothing but virtual practice. And everybody works together to learn this medicine, to understand that it's all the parts. It's all the parts and we need all the parts to work in unison so that we can really truly help people unwind their cases. And my, my most, for me, the most important um, thing that I did, the slide was to t get everybody to reframe that if you're not looking at the fascia and the lymph, you're not really looking at the terrain. And we do terrain medicine. And like, how are you dealing with the terrain if you're not working in the fascia and the lymph? And that's why Siobhan and I were like, when after she did the lymph summit, and she and I didn't know Siobhan before the lymph summit, I was just like, what do you mean somebody's doing a lymph summit? I should have done a lymph summit. I'm the lymph queen. Why am I not doing the lymph summit? And like you, 
I was reached out last minute. I was like, Siobhan, how can I help about the lymph summit? Cause you're right. Nobody knows about the lymph. Let's do this. And I quickly wrote a book for her and we put it out in the world. And I was happily pleased Robert with the reception of the lymph. And then literally I called her a couple months later. I was like, so what do you think about doing a fascia summit? Cause the fascia is the next subject that everybody needs to talk about. And she's like, I'm too busy. I'm like, I know me too, <laughs> but let's do it anyway, because this needs to happen. And this is why this is so important. And for me, that's why I said the next hundred episodes are about fascia, because there's so much to understand. And as my previous guest Kat mentioned, if you understand the fascia, you understand everything. Do you not feel that way, Robert? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a lot more, it's a bigger part than what people think and what they used to think. Um, yeah. You know, surgeons used to cut it away and throw it on the floor. Oh. They used to think that it was packing material. Yeah. Now we know that it's innervated, it's vascularized, it has, um, you know, mechanoreceptors that relay balance coordination, kinesthetic awareness, interoception. You know, it's, it's, it's basically the way that I look at the human body is uh, not separate systems, although they teach the separate systems in medical school just to learn it. But really, this, this asymmetrical nonlinear feedback system is just a bunch of um, different tissues with different densities and specific functions. That's all communicating together. And held together by what? Fascia. Space. 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 There's lots of space between molecules. And pressure. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Pressure gradient differences between, uh, you know, the thoracic cage and the abdominal cage and the pelvic bowl, all different pressures. And then the other, thank you. This is just your intro. I can't even wait to see where this goes. The last thing I wanted to unpack was the overuse. Cause I think that is such a poignant thing that people need to understand. So I was well, I was happy. I was in no pain after I met Ayn and handled my emotions. And one of the things he said to me is you need to go find joy. You know, you don't have any joy in your life. You're all focused on this. I was like, okay. So I tried calligraphy and I was like, I can't do calligraphy because I'm holding the calligraphy pen like this. And then I was like, oh, I'll try this next thing. And everything I tried, I was noticing my repetitive motion. My fascia didn't like it. I have a level of intensity, I admit. However, it was like I couldn't find anything that was balanced. I'm a rower. Okay. Rowing does not denote symmetry, symmetry, <laughs> unless you're on a, an erg, but I like rowing in boats. 